Hello guys, this is me, Vili, once more. Um, thank you for coming back to the podcast, and if you're a new listener, thank you for your first visit. Uh, this is the new series of GDP, the Game Dev Podcast, and in this new series, we're trying to interview with people uh, who are playing different roles and doing different things in the world of game development. And in this episode, we're interviewing Akram, um, who is the solo developer behind Curvy's Splines, which is the highest ranking package on Unity's asset store when you search for Splines. Uh, it's the first thing that pops up on, on the screen uh, when you search for Splines, and that's huge. Uh, it, makes a fail, it makes a fairly good amount of money, and Akram pays his expenses by maintaining this package. And we talk about that, we talk about launching a successful package, and we talk about Unity package ideas, how they um, how they pop up in your mind and how you can pursue uh, launching packages and making money. And we talk about other stuff, about game development, about Unity, and yeah, that's about it. <laughs> I hope you enjoy this episode, and I'm sorry in advance for the grammatical and uh, all sorts of errors that I make when I talk English when I'm interviewing Akram. I was really stressed out because it was my first time interviewing anybody in English, but uh, nonetheless, I hope you enjoy it and I hope you like it. If you're a game developer and you want to be on the podcast, please inform me wherever you find the podcast. Uh, without further ado, uh, this is you and this is GDP. This is GDP, the game of podcast. Yeah. How's it going, Akram? <laughs> Good. It's really hot here. <laughs> a lot of paintings in the background. Especially love that yeah, yeah. shit emoji in the little shelf down there. Yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, this is... I would like to brag and say that this is like my creation or my choice, but you can no, actually say that it's okay. Nobody will know the truth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's, I'm in a Airbnb, so it's the flat of an artist. Uh, so this is in Turkey, but he's not living in Turkey right now. Mm -hmm. And so this is all his work. Nice, nice job, Ecker. <laughs> I never, I never got your last name. I only know Akram from Tubuddy. Yeah, so uh, the real pronunci pronunciation is Al Hadri. Uh -huh. uh, but the easier one for uh, most people is uh, Al Hadri. Yeah, I can pronounce it. Let me. Al Hadri. Yeah. Was that good? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, let's start by introducing you to people who might not know you. And just give me a brief history oh, on you. All of them don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess some people may know you when we say tool buddy. Yeah, 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 some. I hope. <laughs> yeah. I so think probably more people than probably more than people who know me will know you. Yeah. So, you know, this raises a question, an interesting one about how uh, public you you go. Mm -hmm. uh, so for the longest time, I have always uh, hidden my identity uh, mm -hmm. when, as a asset publisher. 
So, uh, like, I, my name is not in the email address. It's not in my signature. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was not necessary to give your name to be able to publish assets and create assets. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, let me just clarify that I am an asset developer for people <laughs> to follow what I'm saying. Yeah. Sorry, I'm doing things the wrong way. Uh, so I am publishing uh, right now three assets on the Unity Asset Store. And the most famous one is Curvy Splines, which we'll speak about later. So the thing is, I always, like I said, try to like keep my identity related to all of this, separated from my real identity. But then I thought, like, is it necessary? Are you like missing opportunities by not giving your name and stuff? So now I'm starting to change course, but mm -hmm. not completely. So now if you, you go to the website, you can find uh, my GitHub. And there you can find my name, my real name. Mm -hmm. But it was like, I, I've done that maybe just six months ago or something. Uh, so, but to give you, to answer your original question. Uh, so my name is Akram Al Hadri. Uh, so I am a, a game developer uh, and asset developer. Uh, so uh, born and grew up in Morocco, then went to France for studies. Uh, after finishing studies, I worked. Uh, well, I had the first job that was not in video game development, but in a like a software used by industries to apply. Uh, like materials and shaders on 3D models from uh, like AutoCAD and stuff like that. Not not from 3D Studio Max or Blender, like industrial 3D. Mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't stay there very, very long. The most important, uh, the longest job I, I was in was as a developer then. Uh, so I would like to say gameplay developer, but since we were a small um, studio, you, you touch everything. Uh -huh. uh, but uh, so I was, let's say, just a developer. Then uh, uh, a lead developer in a company in France that uh, is now uh, extinct, unfortunately, uh, mm -hmm. which was called Kobojo. And they were doing uh, casual video games. Uh -huh. um, even though we had a game that that showed up in E3, <laughs> 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 that was ah, the achievement of a life. Um, but that was the less casual one. But maybe let's not. I, I don't know how much time do we have. Sorry, I should have asked this before. It's okay. I'm gonna like give you some visual cue to stuff if I have to. <laughs> so you have. You can, yeah, <laughs> you can actually go on. Sorry for interrupting the podcast, just a quick note here. Microphone quality of Acrim is going to drop significantly for the next 2 or 3 minutes, but it's going to turn back to normal in just a second. So don't get disappointed too soon and yeah, enjoy the podcast. But yeah, basically it was a small company that got a little bigger and there that was my first job as a game developer. So uh, I was called in uh, most of the time, I was working on the client side, so it was Flash Game on Facebook. The one I started working on is called Pyramid View. So uh, Flash, so ActionScript 3 is the programming language. Uh, and then 
also C sharp on the server side. Mm-hmm. A question so here. Did yeah. you did you leave your last job as a developer, a simple developer, to become a game developer? You or didn't you you didn't know at the time that you wanted to be a game? No, developer? I from the beginning I wanted to uh, work as a game developer. Uh, what what is the beginning uh, like? How old were you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know when I made the decision, but I started playing video games since I was four. Since you were so four. Yeah. Okay. So 1990. Uh, I have an older brother. Uh, she's, uh, he is five years older. And, you know, they, my parents bought an Atari uh, mm-hmm. 2600. Yeah? <laughs> uh, it was for him, you know, but as, as a, I guess it was for both of us. But I guess, you know, if my older brother was four, they would not have bought such a gift for him. So as a side effect, I <laughs> started playing video games really early. And uh, he also, uh, most importantly, uh, he wanted since to, to work on video games. And I don't know how much it is like mimetism, like the younger brother, following what the older brother did. Uh, but I wanted to, in the beginning, I, was, I wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> in the Typical very thing. I wanted to be, you know, the uh, the guys that work at the pit stop in Formula One uh, races that changes uh, the tires. Uh-huh. That always impressed me. So that was the first <laughs> job I wanted. To do. That's a very unique answer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but when I was a teenager, I uh, at that time I I wanted to be a uh, so. Uh, my parents, they bought us like a, a C++ book, which is like, which was very thick. Uh, but, you know, I, when I, when I arrived to uh, like computer engineering studies, I was not one of those people that already from the first year, they know how to make a game or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I just like tried a little bit, but I wasn't programming before uh, it's be- become my uh, studies. I spent more time on 3D Studio Max. Uh-huh. Like, recreating Half-Life characters, Zelda characters, stuff like that. <laughs> uh-huh. I remember the first time I did anything that was remotely like developing games. It was with Counter-Strike 1.6. I opened up the files of the games yeah. and yeah. the audio files were just there. Like you could play the audio yeah. files that gets played in inside the game, so I tried switching them with other audio files. I recorded my own voice yeah. and just placed them in there, like I don't know curses and stuff, funny shit <laughs> <laughs> and I actually packaged the game as an m s i installer for Windows. I write it yeah. in on multiple c d s like copy multiple copies of the game and I sold it in school to my other friends. I made money for the first time that way from game development. I was about to ask, (laughs) I was about to ask, what was your first time making money from game dev? Oh, uh, my first job. Uh, Sorry, my second job. My first job as a game developer. So it was in 2010. And 
maybe to add uh, an element to the answer to the previous question. Uh, from the beginning, I wanted, so when I graduated, I wanted to work in video games, but mm -hmm. 3D video games. Mm -hmm. uh, but I graduated in 2009, it was the economic crisis. Uh, and also because of, uh, so at that time I was, I was a foreigner in France. I didn't have yet the French uh, citizenship. So as a French company, when you hire a foreigner, it's more complicated than hiring a French person. You have to pay more. You have to prove that you uh, try to hire a French person first. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess because of that and because of the crisis also, I couldn't find a job quick enough that was both in video games and 3D. And since I was a foreigner, I had uh, like a limited time to find a job. Otherwise, I would have to leave uh, because of my student visa would uh, expire. So I ended up working in a non-video game, but 3D related mm -hmm. uh, job. And then I worked in a video game, but not 3D related. <laughs> uh, but I definitely prefer the second one. Uh, like uh, maybe I was putting too much importance into doing 3D stuff. Yeah, I was about so to ask, what's your beef with yeah. 2D games? <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. It, it, the, um, the most impressive stuff uh, at that time, and even now, are 3D stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what, where technology advances the most. And the technological aspect of it uh, was, was what interested Yeah, me. I agree. 3D stuff is magical. Like, you put in some mathematical equation and a sphere pops yeah. on, on the screen. Have you done graphics programming? Uh, not professionally. Uh, I, uh, while looking for a job, I did a lot of, like, uh, I told a lot with DirectX, uh, DirectX uh, API. And uh, then when working in uh, Kobojo, uh, I made, made or modified? I think I just modified, yeah. Uh, some shaders. That's when I learned about, uh, uh, about some aspects of shaders. Uh, for some animations for for a video game, like the character when it dies, like it disappears and it disappears in animation. Yeah, that's magical. When you, I, I don't know. For me, it's just when when you tweak shaders and see the result, it just it blows my mind. So, yeah. and I really really love optimizing stuff. <laughs> Maybe I prefer stuff than like coding new stuff. <laughs> On that shader thing, I did a lot of optimization because what? at some point we had a lot of characters and all with the shader and we had to like, make things uh -huh. run faster. Like, What do you do when you want to optimize something? What do you look for specifically? Well, uh, I will speak more about CPU side because that's the part where I am uh, most used to mm -hmm. uh, because of my uh, work, as, uh, work on uh, curvy splines and also on another asset, uh, frame rate booster, which I will speak about a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, basically have a profiler. Uh, Unity's profiler is not the best, but it's like in the last couple of years, it's become way better. So have a profiler and see what's slow. And then you have just to, I would say, have like a mental 
image of the flow of information in your code. Uh, because a lot of optimizations are done. You have, of course, micro-optimizations. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people like... Um, uh, can I say... Uh, <laughs> can I say shit? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So, some people like uh, they do shit about micro on micro optimizations, saying that uh, it's like it's just small optimizations. You will not uh, like earn a lot of benefits from that. And I do agree with them on most parts, but in some aspects, my, micro optimizations are important in, in parts of the code that uh, run a lot. But most optimizations, uh, like a friend told me once, I don't know if it's his expression or not, but uh, the best running code, the faster running code is uh, no code. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, uh, so most of the time, the optimizations is that is just getting rid of code that does something that you can avoid. Like, for example, you have some data that is computed once here, and then another part of the code computes the same thing. So just find a way to share that data for both of them. So as long as you have an idea about the flow of information, of data in your code, uh, and with the profiler, you easily find a lot of things to, to remove, usually, before having to go into like micro-optimization. Should I do plus one or plus plus? This kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. Nice advice. Uh, let's shift the conversation a little bit towards packages, Unity packages, Curvy's plan and stuff. So, yeah. uh, what's what's your story with Curvy's? Yeah. Like, so, Curvy's plans, previously named Curvy, <laughs> uh, is uh, so it's a plans related asset uh, for Unity, and uh, I'm not the one who created. Uh, it's uh, a German developer, a very friendly guy uh, named Jake. Uh, he uh, made this asset in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, it was before me. I don't know. But uh, in 2000, I think, uh, 15, I bought a copy of his asset uh, because I used it into a video game project. Uh, so initially, you know, I was just using the asset as a user, uh, but uh, I often found, not often, but I sometimes found bugs. Uh, and also uh, because um, like much of the work we had, like CPU work that was done in our video game was done through this asset. So to optimize our game, I had to optimize also Kirby. Uh, so every time I did a fix or an optimization, I sent uh, the patch to uh, the developer. And so he can in include it in the next release. So it was like a couple of years like that. And one time uh, he answered me and he said, uh, sorry, I haven't uh, included this yet in, in my uh, updates. And I, I'm not sure I will do it in the near future because right now uh, I don't have much time for Kirby because it, that wasn't his main job. And, you know, the guy started it while being uh, single. Now he's married, he has children. So... Uh, and Curvy wasn't earning him enough for it to be his, its uh, sole job. So um, he, uh, 
he told me, well, I see that you seem to like, understand how it works. Uh, are you interested in uh, buying the, the property, be becoming the new owner of Kirby's Plants? And that's what happened in 2000, end of 2017, December. And so, yeah, let me just think what to speak about first. <laughs> So uh, for uh, two years, uh, it was not, I worked on it, but not full time because mm -hmm. my, most of my time went to the video game development, uh, which is not released yet. So it's not announced yet. So that's why I, I'm not speaking about what it is, uh, but uh, definitely, uh, even if it was not my full time, uh, job, let's say. Uh, when I bought the asset, uh, something weird happened in my brain, which is an, a contradiction between two realities. One being that I really try to do my best in uh, producing the best quality code possible, and I really value uh, people putting money in, like buying an, uh, the asset. So for me, if someone put money uh, into this product, I have to provide the best quality possible. Uh, and so this is the first reality. The second reality was that Curvy had a lot of bugs and some bugs like really bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, before buying the asset, I knew about some bugs, but uh, let's say there are two ways of using Curvy, like one, let's say more casual and one most advanced, uh, mainly through uh, the curvy generator and the API. So I was using the advanced version or the advanced features, let's say, mm -hmm. not version, the advanced features. The most basic features, I was not using them. So I knew about the bugs in the advanced one and I checked the, like the, the other features quickly to see how, how much work it would need to, to uh, acquire the, the, the asset. And I haven't seen all those bugs. And so when I became the owner, uh, and Jake sent me all the bug tickets and all the emails <laughs> like from people. <laughs> you know, it hit me. Oh shit! <laughs> but also, it started to uh, uh, to be visible on the reviews because between the moment we we spoke about okay, uh, I'm interested in acquiring Kirby, and it became a reality. There was few months, and in in those few months, like the, there was really a. a an increase in number of reviews of less than five stars, uh, some of them one star, uh, because before most reviews were five stars. So, uh, so I felt the pressure that people are, star are, start are starting to see the issues because some of those issues are uh, like, were introduced because of changes in Unity. And those change <laughs> changes needed that Curvy change, changes, but uh, Jake was not working anymore on it. So, mm -hmm. because of that, I felt a pressure to uh, fix all those things the quickest possible. Initially, when I bought Curvy, I thought, yeah, maybe I will spend two weeks full time just fixing stuff. And then I will just uh, work on it uh, maybe a couple, uh, an hour of, or two hours a day. And most of my day will be on the video game. But that ended being like five months uh, <laughs> working. Uh, like seven, well, let's say four months, seven days a week, 
10, 11, or 12 hours a day. Whoa. And then fifth month was like more relaxed. And then I started working on the video game again. So, so yeah. So like I said, because of those two contradicting reality in my brain, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I could not not think about uh, fixing issues in curve. So I switched from a lifestyle with like a reasonable amount of hours of work, but also sports. Uh, I was doing a martial art to a lifestyle where I spent most of the day sitting and I stopped doing sports. Uh, so I was like most of the day working. And when I am sleeping or trying to sleep, I'm thinking about the issues when I'm taking a shower, I'm thinking about the issues. And you enter in a cycle where you have an issue. So as long as you don't have a solution to this issue, you only think about how to solve it. Mm -hmm. Then you have a solution, but you really need to implement it and see if it really works. Mm -hmm. If it works, great. Then you have another issue and restart. If it didn't work, you have to investigate why it didn't work so you only you can only think about that <laughs> and then if you find okay i found why it didn't work i know i now know the new issue and restart the cycle mm -hmm. so that's you know that consumes too much brain brain power yeah, yeah yeah and you know that's not the issue for me the issue is that it's not healthy yeah uh, yeah so because of that and you know I'm telling this story to just say to people, mm -hmm. uh, uh, even if you have an urge to work a lot, don't. <laughs> <laughs> like you're, because uh, at that time, how old was I? Uh, uh, what, what year are we? <laughs> <laughs> it's 2021, man. <laughs> so I was 30. And so I was exiting the 20s. And in your 20s, I mean... You can do anything and your body uh, yeah. supports it like, most of the time. Uh, but that doesn't last. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I think with that experience, I was thinking, yeah, my body can sustain like few months of uh, high pressure. According to your, to your recent experience from your 20s. Y yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> Uh, so what I did happen is that I had a small, not a major, but a small issue with uh, my knee, basically because of you like having uh, doing a lot of sports and then stopping sports and staying uh, mm -hmm. sit most of the days every day. That's not good for the muscles, and then you have problem in the muscles and problem in like the kneecap and stuff like that. So now it's better, thank God. But I had to uh, spend a lot, lot of time at. Uh, 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 how is it called in English? Um, uh, chiro chiropractor? No? Well, the, the person know. that's... Hmm? Physiotherapy? Anyways, anyways. Yeah, I think that's physiotherapy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. uh, so, yeah. But on the good uh, side, those bugs were fixed. I did a lot of optimizations, added some features, and that showed in the sales. And regained uh, your health back. Well, not, <laughs> not completely. Not, not, it's not completely regained. But so, yeah. It's Remember, guys, don't put your health into the uh, equation. Just mind your health as a developer. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's and important. Also, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, you know, it's not the end of the world if there is a bug in your product because, of course, you will have people that uh, either uh, with a justification or not will act like if it's the end of the world uh, if that bug is not fixed today. But most people are, are okay with waiting a few weeks uh, uh-huh. because, unfortunately, all the products we are using ha- are having bugs. Yes. Uh, like, so we got used to uh, <laughs> have, having a bug and wait a month until there is a, a fix. So that actually know, reminds me. That actually reminds me of yeah. some speaks of Jonathan Blow. Do you know the guy? I like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He speaks a lot about the bugs and the products that we're used to. And yeah, he actually wants to rethink everything, just recreate everything, like operating systems and programming languages from scratch to fix the bugs. But yeah, yeah there is that. I hope he he has an eye on his health too. <laughs> he keeps healthy because <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, much. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I can handle that much thinking about bugs. It makes me crazy. <laughs> But yeah, talking I really about to listen to go listen to uh, a talk or more <laughs> of uh, Jonathan Blow. Yeah, sure. He's the creator of uh, Braid the video game for those who knows it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's an amazing guy. Continue. Yeah, sure. So, to talk about more about Kirby's spline. First of all, what was your first impressions of the previous name when you got the asset, when you bought the asset? Well, um, you know, when I bought it, it was, I didn't think much about it. I mean, uh, I saw nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I, was more, uh, like I don't believe you. In, uh, <laughs> sorry? I don't believe you. <laughs> no, no, seriously, seriously. <laughs> At that time, seriously, I was more attracted, well, uh, my attention was, was more attracted to the name of the company. Uh, so Jake's company, which is called Fluffy Underwear. Yeah, uh, that actually uh, is a question for me too. Like, why is it fluffy? Is it because it's really old? I don't understand. But the guy uh, had the skill to find interesting names. That's that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, but Kirby became an issue when uh, uh, I acquired Kirby and. Uh, well, th- there were two issues with it. The first one is that, uh, so I will start bitching a little bit about the Unity Asset Store. <laughs> so the search like uh, algorithm, let's say, the search algorithm when you are looking for an asset is not good. Or maybe it's good, but I just don't know shit about those things. But uh, basically, you have the name of the asset. Mm-hmm. But you also define tags. So the name of the asset was Curfew, but in the tags you had splines and mm-hmm. some other tags. So I was thinking, okay, when when a search is done, the tags are uh, taken into consideration. But it seems that either they were not at that time or were not enough. So basically, it was mostly the name which was important. So if someone is typing spline, Curvy will not show up or will show, but uh, really far. 
So that's why I changed it to curvy splines. But also, and this is like a secondary uh, reason. Uh, like if you type curvy on Google or <laughs> Go or any search engine, yeah, don't, well, don't do you that. know, you can find safe forward stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a secondary issue because most people, they... When they are look, they look for an asset. They go through the asset store rather than searching on on Google. So that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And you did rename the fluffy underwear to uh, Toolbuddy. No, no, because yeah. Well, fluffy underwear is the company, so it's still Jake's property, and so I created uh, my company, which is a one-person company. Uh -huh. uh, and called it toolbar. So, okay. Um, here's a big question. But, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I, uh, this, is, might, this might be interesting to some of your listeners. Uh, I had this issue with, like, should I change the namespace or not? For me, not, because if you do, uh, so the namespace uh, spaces in the code, uh, which are fluffy something. Uh, so I should not change them because of, uh, uh, retro compatibility. You will break all the builds if you do that. But then uh, maybe people will still mix you with fluffy underwear. Well, in the end, I didn't change it with the permission of uh, Jake. Uh, maybe at some point I will do that, but for now, uh, I'm not doing it. Okay. Uh, the big question here is, is passive income real? You have, you've had a big asset in the asset store, and it actually sells gradually, like every month. I imagine you have an income. Yeah. So you're a good person to ask this question from. Well, I guess definitely for Jeff Bezos, it's, it is real. <laughs> <laughs> I will transform your question. Is it real for like people more like us? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I would like to say, well, like passive in the sense that you do nothing. I think not, uh, but with few enough, like uh, little enough work, it can be true. But that that then depends on which country you are in, you live in, or to be more precise, how many, how much money you need uh, to first survive and then to live comfortably. Mm -hmm. uh, so, well, definitely, I believe in the possibility of reaching. Uh, kind of passive income so ideally working just a couple of hours because um, you have to like um, to understand that my work is mainly two parts the first one is uh, answering customers uh, and then uh, the second part is programming and I would say a third part that is near the, those like marketing related stuff related stuff uh, uh, yeah, like making tutorials, for example, uh, on YouTube. Uh, and so the answering customers part is something that you have to, well, you don't have, but I try to do every day uh, uh, to not keep customers uh, waiting. And in opposition to uh, the period I spoke about where I was working like crazy in, in the beginning, now there are way, way, way less bugs in Curvy. Um, I'm really like, proud of the quality of it. Even though there are still things to, to fix, of course, <laughs> like always. Uh, so 
I don't have much customer uh, customers complaining from issues. So uh, that's uh, answering customers every day. Some days it's zero hours. Some days it's one hour. It's rarely more than two hours. So in in going forward in my answer, I will include these two hours in the definition of uh, passive income. So uh, definitely, I believe passive income is possible uh, because. Um, at some point, I went on vacation in Southeast Asia uh, for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. So places that are not the most expensive in the world. Uh, and at that time, I didn't even have a, a laptop yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I had just a tablet and I was just answering emails on the tablet. Mm-hmm. And so with just answering people uh, at the end of that travel, I, I saw that what I earned from the sales was more or less the same thing that what I spent, and that made me like believe or dream into reaching the, that state. But for uh, uh-huh. like every day, was it a month and a half? Did you say? So yeah, it was a month and a half. A month and a half without spending too much time just answering emails, you earned what you spent in a vacation. Only on one occasion, I had to uh, use a computer to uh, connect using TeamViewer to my computer and try something, some code, and then answer it somehow. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it was so, to answer some customer, anyways. Yeah, it was to, I had to compile some code uh, rather than just, uh, I had uh-huh. to have access to my uh-huh. On the tablet, I didn't have access. Yeah. Sure. So passive so, income is real. <laughs> Guys, go make yes. Unity assets and go to Southeast Asia. <laughs> <Right>. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it depends. I mean, yeah, definitely it's, it is worth uh, striving for, but it's not that. Easy. So uh, I have to add two more points. Mm-hmm. The first one is that um, uh, in the end of 2019, December also, uh, I made the decision to uh, to leave Morocco, where I was living, uh, and to go to a couple of countries. And, uh, but those countries are not uh, cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was thinking, you know, right now, I am working just a couple of hours a day, and I am earning, uh, like, I was earning enough to live comfortably in Morocco. Um and and I saw that that four or five months that I worked a lot on uh, on Curvy uh, translated to an increase in revenue. So I was thinking, okay, now I, I will leave. I will uh, go a little bit around the world. I will uh, work most of the time. Of course, I will like visit stuff, but I will mm-hmm. mostly work. And that amount of work will increase my revenue and I will be able to have a passive income even uh, living in European, Western European countries where the revenue is, uh, the cost of living is quite high, except maybe Portugal. Uh, So that was my plan or my hope. Mm -hmm. And it definitely did not go that that way. Uh, 2020 was a really bad year. I... While working full time, I was earning less than when I was working uh, 
couple of hours. And and you know, I don't, I can't explain why. Because on the one hand, yeah, definitely it was the end of the world. No one was knowing <laughs> what will happen in a in a month or two, like at the beginning of the yeah, yeah. pandemic. And so you think, yeah, it's normal. Like people will not buy assets now. But on the other hand, a lot of people were just staying home. So we're playing video games. Mm -hmm. So logically, you would, you would think because of the increase of demand, there will be an increase of production. Mm -hmm. But uh, maybe the increase of production was more in like biggest companies in opposition to yeah. like one person developer uh, or few people team. And uh, so I, I, can, I don't know if, it's, if it was normal or not to not earn that, uh, to earn less in 2020 than 20, uh, 2019. Now in 2021, it's way better than 2020, definitely, but it is still less than what I was expecting when I left Morocco. Uh, but I'm working on new projects, uh, and hopefully those will uh, increase my revenue. Still related to uh, uh, to Unity, so assets. Yeah. Okay, sure. Okay, that was a very, very complete answer to that. But just uh, from between your, first of all, let me ask: as of today, yeah. how many people have have bought the Kirby's spline. You know what? I don't have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, if you, you can count, guess. I, you know, I, I, I periodically count. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't do that very often. But if you count from like uh, the beginning, from 2013, uh, it was thousands, uh, maybe 5,000 something like that uh i should have uh, looked for the number before this call but yeah it's let's say 5000 uh -huh. in years so uh 5000 people but what i can tell you now uh now i am uh it, well you have to know that when you are selling your assets on the asset store and I think this is true for most, if not all, uh, all uh, publishers, asset publishers. Most of your uh, sales are uh, in the sales period. Uh, you can make individual sales. Mm -hmm. So you reduce the price, you add the banner, like 50%, something like that. But those don't really, from my experience and one of people I asked, they don't increase much the revenue. So mm -hmm. the sales that do count are the ones organized by Unity. <laughs> Sorry. Mainly the end of year sales. Uh, sale. uh, and like, it's not unusual to have half of your revenue in that month. <laughs> half of your yearly revenue. That's a lot. So, yeah, that's a lot. But it, that's, you know, well, I'm, I'm sure I'm happy when I have a lot of sales <laughs> on this I, I don't like it being that way because you always have this uh, doubt. Will I be included in this year's sale in December? Uh, will the sale be good enough? 
So, you know, you always have doubts until the last month <laughs> to know if you, it is good or not. And, and I, th- I think it's, it should, uh, since I, I acquired Curvy, I have always been included in the uh, end of year sales. But I believe it should be, it is rough for people who are not included. Uh, right now, there are some summer sales. Mm-hmm. And I'm not included in those, and I definitely uh, uh, saw my the position of Curvis plans in the um, pages, like uh, in the asset store. Uh-huh. Uh, its rank, I saw it plummet. So, so yeah, it's it's tough. Um, it's f- unfortunately, I c- even though I started working on, on Curvy in 2017, but I can't give you the feedback of someone who published an asset uh, recently even though i do publish some but they are free i'm, I'm not talking mm-hmm. about them later um because you know when i acquired curvy sure i acquired the code uh which is valuable but i also like something that is really valuable which uh, is just the position or let's say the data related uh, to the asset mm-hmm. basically the the number of uh, reviews, uh, the ratings, how many people did like your uh, your asset and added it, added them in their uh, liked list, mm-hmm. because Curvy was released in a time where there were not like now thousands or even ten of thousands of assets. Uh, so, thanks to that, it it could be high, it could achieve a high position in the mm-hmm. ranking. Even though those things, they can change dramatically. Uh, until recently, until before the sales, I am not, uh, Curvy is not included in. Um, Curvy was in the first page, uh, sorry, the first page of its category, which, which is tools. Uh-huh. Uh, not the first page of the whole store. And at some point, I checked. It was in the seventeenth page. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't checked since because I knew every time I will check it, it will just be uh, demoralizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, de- demoralizing is it an yeah, yeah, English word? Or? Yeah, that is right. <laughs> okay, so I thought I will check when the sales yeah. are. are done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll sure. just accept that you will not be ranked well. So for someone who starts now. Uh, I believe it would be difficult, but you have to ask someone who really went through that experience. Uh, and definitely, you know, one of uh, maybe my strongest competitor started not that long ago. So it is still possible to start now and mm-hmm. reach a good result. Uh-huh. But be prepared to, to a, a tough uh, travel <laughs> or journey. Sure. And do you find piracy of assets to be a problem? Is it big? It it is. It it definitely is. The question is how big a problem it is. And even maybe more importantly, is it a problem worth spending time on it? Mm-hmm. Um, so having grown up in Morocco, which is uh, not a rich country, so definitely, like all the video games, or really most of them, uh, uh, that I played with were pirated and software also. So 
I know that you can't cut the piracy from uh, countries that your asset is worth maybe uh, a third of uh, the minimum wage uh, salary. So this is not the piracy I try to fight. Mm -hmm. uh, but you have people who make a business out of it. That's the more yeah. thing. Uh, so mainly Chinese people. Uh, yeah, I've seen huge websites. That, I've seen huge websites full yeah. of free Unity assets that are actually yeah. paid. Yeah, yeah. With so many Chinese, ads. Hmm. Yeah, go ahead. No. Uh, uh, just because in English, like Chinese, the ethnicity and the nationality are the same thing. Of course, I mean like uh, communist China, not yeah. Taiwan or, okay. or Chinese in Singapore. So... Uh, yeah, so those are the ones that are annoying because you see someone earning money from your work in opposition to just someone who wants to make a game and can't pay the thing. Mm -hmm. Or you have also in, inside the category of users that will uh, pirate your thing just for their use, uh, you have a gray area. Uh, so when I moved to France and I started earning... Uh, like a, uh, a good salary, I stopped pir uh, pirating stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but I know people who just kept the mentality of yeah. pirating stuff. And though they had plenty of money to buy whatever, like the one game they buy a month maybe, or even less, they have the money to buy it. Yeah. But they pirate it. <laughs> Do we say anything? Pirating? Yeah, that's right. Yeah? Pirating. Okay. So definitely that also annoys me. But uh, those websites, the problem with the websites that do sell your assets. So basically from what I have seen, uh, it's like a website where you pay a subscription and then you have a lot of assets for free. Oh. Maybe there yeah. are also assets where you pay per asset. Mm -hmm. uh, but the ones I have seen were like that. They're like more like forums. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the problem with that is that uh, like you can't fight piracy in China. Uh, the authorities in China don't give a shit about what you uh, about your uh, IP uh, mm -hmm. property, and uh, and the culture there is not uh, one where pirating stuff is frowned upon, uh, at least from my understanding. Mm -hmm. So. It's a lost battle. It's not worth doing anything regarding that. Uh, so what I'm doing right now is just uh, avoiding for Curvy's code to be available on GitHub. So you have a lot of people in good faith uh, mm -hmm. that uh, commit their project on uh, GitHub and they include Curvy and other assets too. So every day I check, uh, like I search in GitHub my... Uh, uh, for my asset and I contact people unfortunately most of people who do commit that stuff uh, they don't react to it mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know what the explanation is either they don't give a shit or they, they don't check their emails from GitHub, they don't receive an email when I contact them because most, most of them they don't have uh, a way of contacting them uh -huh. so they just open an issue in their issues tracker but maybe they don't check that. 
So some they do react, most of them they don't. So I give some time and then I issue a, a DMCA uh, request. Uh, so basically it's a, a form you fill for people who don't know what that mm -hmm. is. Uh, a form you fill saying basically that, uh, so you fill it, uh, you give it to GitHub and it says basically uh, you have you you have my IP. Uh, uh, I said earlier IP property. No, the P is property. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have my intellectual property on your yeah. website. Is put it down, uh, and they it took some it takes some time because they have a lot of uh, DMCA requests every day, and they have to contact the uh, the person who posted the code. And wait a little bit, and if that person doesn't answer, then they they. Mm -hmm. So that's the only thing I do regarding uh, piracy. And sometimes I think maybe I should do more. But then I, yeah, there is so many things. I believe that it's better to uh, to not spend too much time on it, especially for like websites that are in China that. Believe it's it's a lost battle. Uh, <laughs> you can't do anything about it. Okay, uh, it's time for the for the main question of our interview. So, mm -hmm. suppose you want to release a new package. Yeah, a new Unity package to be specific. Like starting yeah. from finding the idea and everything. What are the main key goals to achieve? when you want to go about that? What are the key things to get right? And if you get them right, you will you'll, uh, launch a successful asset. That's, um, that's a good question. I'm not sure I have the answer because I have three assets right now. I have Curvy that I wasn't part of its mm -hmm. release. And I have two other assets that basically were things that I did for my own video game. But then I thought, that could be useful for other people. Let's make it uh, available for everyone. But, so the two are uh, comments to tooltip. Mm -hmm. It's an asset that, uh, uh, so for people used to uh, Unity programming, you have the uh, tooltip attribute that you put on, on top of a field, so you can show a tooltip in the, in the Unity editor. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was, uh, I had, to, so every time I had a field, I put the, uh, the XML documentation for developers. And also I copied the same text in the tooltip uh -huh. for uh, game design. So uh, I thought, well, it would be nice to automate this work. So it basically reads your uh, commands and then uh, generates uh, a tooltip attribute out of them. Uh, but, you know, even... Like, even in Curvy, I'm not using it. Uh, so I, I get that it's useful for some niche niche cases, let's say. Why is that? Uh, well, because uh, it's... Uh, well, not everyone has the, like, rigor of... Uh, is rigorous enough to have, at the same time, tooltips and commands. Uh -huh. uh, so... That already shrinks your user base, especially mm -hmm. that. Uh, maybe I'm going a little bit outside of the answer to your question, but I think it's an in interesting point yeah, to, it's okay. to know if, if you are to publish a, an asset. 
something that is both a good thing and a bad thing is that most, uh, in my opinion, most users of Unity are not uh, people uh, that have uh, uh, a high enough knowledge of, about programming and making video games. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing because it's a wide uh, user base, so you sell more things, that's nice. It's a bad thing because you end up answering customers uh, that are having questions that, <laughs> let's say it's hard, dumb. <laughs> dumb question. It's, it's, let's say, an unjustified question. Mm -hmm. Like uh, asking you about things that are absolutely not related to your asset, mm -hmm. but they think it's related to your asset. Uh, or things that are in the documentation. And, you know, uh, it's normal. You, you can't um, expect everyone to read all the documentation. Yeah. But in some cases, like, it's, it takes <laughs> really, really, it takes more, enough, more effort to not find that documentation that's fine than yeah. finding it. Yeah. <laughs> and they do ask. Uh, some of them, I think it's just lack of, like, uh, experience in mm -hmm. the domain of programming and making video games. So they don't have the uh, the reflex of looking for things on the internet before asking you uh, or looking into the documentation. But I believe some of them are also just out of laziness. Uh, and because, you know, I try to be a nice person. I try to always answer everything. Uh, so if someone is lazy, they will just say, okay, I can just answer, and he will answer me, uh, just ask the question, and he will answer me in a couple of hours, and, then <laughs> and that's it. Uh, so, so that takes a lot of time. And I am guessing, not sure, I am guessing that Unreal Engine is having a more professional user base. So people will not ask you like very basic questions uh, that which answer is on your website, on the tooltips, on, the <laughs> on everywhere. You know? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, why did I say that? Uh, yeah, we were talking about step-by-step -step guide to release a package from finding yeah, yeah. the right idea. Yeah, you asked me why comment to tooltips, uh, why I think it's a niche. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because... Yeah, so you, you did understand the relationship. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, then the other asset which is more successful is Frame Rate Booster. Uh, so uh, basically, that's a complicated thing. <laughs> so basically, depending on the platform you are having, you are publishing your game to, uh, it can uh, post-process your uh, DLLs and mm -hmm. optimize them. Oh. So basically, I found uh, a micro-optimization in uh, operations done by Unity. Uh, operations that are done uh, a shitload of times. Uh, so, like, adding vectors, uh, multiplying vectors, uh, you know, uh, for programmers, operations on the basic or the most used uh, structures of Unity. Vectors, quaternions, colors, etc. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I will go a little bit uh, more specific. So basically, in, in when you are adding two vectors, what Unity does is that it creates a new vector. So you, are, you have the call to the constructor. Mm -hmm. And then it uh, assigns the x 
uh, y z value for example for vector three with the results of the addition but that uh, constructor call is not necessary you can just uh, declare a vector and then assign these things what you can't do for object you have to call constructors mm -hmm. for object and so that's and for something that is uh, using a lot of operations like curvy because you generate meshes, for example. So you add and you multiply vectors and quaternions a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, that really is an important uh, optimization. You can earn five, in some cases, 10%, but mostly, let's say, 5%. Uh, and so to tie what I'm saying to your uh, question, how to have an idea about an asset, definitely you can just brainstorm and find an idea. But I think, uh, in my experience and also experience of other people, most good asset ideas are ones that raises by themselves from you working mm -hmm. on something. So, so initially, when I found that optimization, I contacted Unity team through different uh, channels, telling them, you know, that's an easy thing. Like seriously, the implementing that optimization would take. Just like an intern, we take it uh, like a few days or a day or something. Uh, but Unity, they didn't see, or at least the answer I got at that time was that, ah, no, <laughs> because it's a micro optimization. And also because those optimization, they, uh, what I explained is applicable on uh, IL code. So basically when you, are, when you are not using IL to CPP. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what it is? Yeah, sure. Or should I explain? Yeah, you can give a brief explanation for people who don't know that. Okay. So IL code is basically the instructions. When you compile your C-sharp code, it produces IL code. So it's like assembly for .NET. Mm -hmm. And then uh, your game like runs those instructions. But that's not the most, the fastest way to run a game. Uh, the fastest way is to produce uh, uh, instructions specifically for your platform because the IL uh, code is so the .NET assembly is can be interpreted in uh, in a lot of platforms mm -hmm. so a computer a smartphone stuff like that but when you compile something specifically for comp for computer for PC for example it's more optimized mm -hmm. so Unity is pushing this tool, which is IL to CPP, which transforms IL instructions to C++ code and then compiles the C++ code to uh, object, uh, so instructions related to your uh, machine or the target machine uh, you are making the game for. So, so they don't see the, or the ones that didn't see the use for that mm -hmm. optimization. But it's really... Uh, a lost opportunity because first you have a lot of people who still uh, compile, uh, you, uh, make the games for platforms that are not compatible with IL2CPP. Uh, and also because that code runs in, the, the IL code runs in your editor. So the IL2CPP is there just for the final build you mm -hmm. make. But in the editor, it's the IL code that runs. So making everyone's editor run faster, I mean, that's invaluable for me. <laughs> But they, uh, so I tried, they didn't want to uh, include it. Yeah, they uh, saw through your plan. They know your history. 
<laughs> you want to give some fixes to Unity and then buy them out and own Unity in a couple of years? <laughs> Maybe that's why they didn't respond, man. <laughs> so let's conclude this. Just give me some steps on okay. how to release a just, successful package. Just before uh, answering that, just to give credit where credit is due and not give uh, uh, a biased, an incomplete uh, image. Uh, the, someone in the Unity team, Josh Peterson, uh, finally was reactive to that, like mm -hmm. years later. And uh, now that optimization is supposed to be in the latest beta uh -huh. but, or alpha. I don't know which phase they are now. But I checked quickly and I didn't see it there. But I haven't written him again uh, to tell them where it, is it yet or not yet? But definitely, there were people inside Unity team that were uh, reactive. Uh -huh. Unfortunately, not the ones I met in the beginning. So, uh, why I spoke about this asset? Because this asset is one that has, let's say, uh, more popularity or more use cases uh, than the other. So, I will uh, uh, focus my answer on this one. So, this asset... Is, this asset this asset is being free. <laughs> okay. So uh, one of the reasons why it's free is just that I don't want to put too much time on it. Uh -huh. uh, it can definitely be enhanced really easily. Uh, so I didn't put any effort into marketing. Uh, definitely not buying any publicity, mm -hmm. any advertisement. Uh, but what I did was... Uh, write about it in the uh, Unity forum. Uh, initially, I, I wrote about the optimization per se. Then I said, okay, I released this as an asset mm -hmm. uh, because it took months between the two events. Uh, wrote about the optimization again in uh, Reddit and also in the forum of uh, Pervy, like a cross-promotion mm -hmm. in the forum, but not into my asset. So I can say with that really minimal um, uh, effort into marketing uh like i have like 30 downloads a month mm -hmm. it didn't start as 30 sometimes it's 50 even 60 like in sales but in a normal month it's like 30 so definitely if it was paid it will be less than that mm -hmm. so that can give an idea about how with an asset that i hope is useful i believe is useful uh how much you can have uh, people wanting to get it just from like normal like minimal marketing mm -hmm. then so we spoke about finding an, an idea which is basically uh, something you will need into making your own stuff and making it available for other people we spoke about uh, like the marketing now uh, about like putting it in the asset store uh, unfortunately well, fortunately and unfortunately. Fortunately, there is a rework of the... Back, uh, uh, how is this called already? Uh, back office of uh, Unity, the back office dedicated for asset publishers. So there will be a, a version 2 that is should hit soon. Uh, be the version 2 of what? Of the uh, back, back office, where you 
upload your uh, so when you want to make a release mm -hmm. you have to upload a zip enter some some information uh, like the name the tags uh, um, uh, screenshots videos uh -huh. be visible in your uh, asset page and then that back office is also used for you to see what's going on with your asset uh -huh. unfortunately right now the version right now is far from perfect like really far from perfect i have a lot of issues with it like for in, example you in terms me, of giving you analytics and stuff yeah uh -huh. yeah that and also uh i will compare it with itch.io um, itch.io uh -huh. uh, itch you can edit anything and it's it's published right away in unity there is a creation process and it can it can take a lot of time especially mm -hmm. when it's your first release like for me maybe because curvy is uh, an old enough and let's say respected enough asset uh when i publish a release it takes like three days sometimes even one day uh to uh to be released available mm -hmm. on the store but uh for new asset at least in my experience and also from what i, I heard it can be easily a couple of weeks sometimes more uh so uh so yeah when you want to modify something quickly it's really bad that you have to even modifying like something in the name or something uh, something that is minor you have to wait why is that does screen. unity like uh has to see what changed and if it works yes 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 well they uh right now it was not the case uh from the beginning right now they have some automated tests that do run mm -hmm. uh but also uh, there is of course like checking if there is any like profanity or anything racist or anything like that uh but on a technological side they uh, also check they have some restrictions on the type of the uh, files you can have mm -hmm. so they do check that uh and also like some basic checks about if it's running or not you can definitely push something that is not working and it can still go uh but yeah they do but i can't tell you exactly what checks they do i, I don't know i'm just mm -hmm. collecting some information yeah giving them to you. and so there is this version too which should solve a lot of issues and it is right now in beta so i i can use it if i want but i I learned to not use beta things. <laughs> so right now I'm waiting for it to be uh, official and mm -hmm. then I will use it. But hopefully it will be easier. So uh, I explained to you the back office, but I was saying something about the back office uh, before. Forgot. Yeah. But basically, basically, you know, uh, that you have to know that that process can take a lot of time mm -hmm. you can be frustrating because sometimes you get like your submission gets rejected for reasons that uh, don't make a lot of sense unfortunately i i didn't got this problem a lot uh but uh but yeah so in the to get back to your question mm -hmm. uh then you have to try to find ways to optimize for me this is the most important thing to optimize the position of your assets inside the like the in the eyes of the uh -huh. algorithm that decides what the ranking the ranking thank you yeah so uh basically uh well that can change a lot and uh, definitely i don't know how it works of course they don't say how it works 
but uh, I believe the most important thing is the reviews. Uh, and uh, there is this paradox with reviews because when everything works fine, people don't leave reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it in people mobile games. I've seen it in mobile <laughs> games. When people find it funny, when it works, when everything goes as yeah. planned, people don't bother leaving a review. It's when yeah. they're really mad that they open, yeah. that's when they open Google Play and leave a bad review because they're mad. They're emotional yeah. about something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you have two kinds of people who leave reviews. Like this one, of course you have a third. You have some people that find the, the assets fine and want to leave a positive but most of them are either the mad ones and unity so it's a good thing and bad thing again mm -hmm. unity gives you the possibility to get reviews that are not reviews but like customer support requests basically instead of writing you through the normal uh -huh. support uh, as they leave a review you can remove them but you can't remove remove them directly. You have to ask Unity after two months. Whoa. At least that was the policy last time I checked. You have to wait two months after the review was done. Uh, the idea behind that is to leave the time for the person to change its review mm -hmm. after the issue is fixed. And if after two months it is still there, you make a request and manually you make a request and a person in Unity's team will uh, check if it's a real review or a customer request uh, mm -hmm. review. So thanks to that, you can, supposing that your asset is not broken to the point that it deserves a one-star review, uh, thanks to that, you can get rid of a lot of one-star reviews. Mm -hmm. But most of the people who leave a review, at least in my case, are people who have an issue Sometimes it's not an issue with the assets. It's just them, not like I said, not having checked the documentation or not having checked the example scenes or the tutorials, etc. Anyways, contacting you about something. Mm -hmm. You answer them. You do. Uh, they they perceive your work as good work, and they're happy and they leave a review. Mm -hmm. So, if your asset, the less it needs people to contact customer support, paradoxically, the less it will have reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the trick we do to yeah. the trick we do to cure that in the world of mobile games, we when we we have to guess when the user is engaged. Like after six, seven levels they played, yeah, yeah. we show them a rating pop up, and yeah, they rate the game in inside that pop up. And if yeah. it's more than four stars, only then. We just uh, redirect them to the actual rating. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that actually works. And every publisher asks you to do that in your game. Yeah. Other than that, they won't publish it. That's the trick. Maybe you can use that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I did is to... Uh, so without pushing any updates, I can display some text like a pop-up inside the editor. Mm-hmm. I definitely try to use that the less possible to not spam users. Uh, and I used it only once until now. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was to ask for reviews. And I didn't see any significant increase in the number of reviews after uh -huh. that. I was disappointed. I had a high hope. <laughs> <laughs> high, ho high hope on that, on that thing. 
but uh, definitely there are things that can be done like my pop-up could be enhanced and definitely uh, but um, yeah so uh, so yeah once your asset is published you need to uh, try to make your store page let's say attractive for people mm -hmm. to interact with it so videos <laughs> are uh, an, an important thing for, yeah. for a lot of people people don't want to fa of course there are people who will read uh, what you have written but there are some people who just want to see a youtube video pop up up and see uh, what your asset is, mm -hmm. is about so uh so yeah uh, definitely you should check uh, official unity guidelines for asset, uh, asset uh, publishers mm -hmm. uh, but I think videos is an important thing but you know I had the trailer like an old trailer from the time where uh, Curvy was Jake's uh, property and uh, I find it to be a slow trailer and yeah, I I don't like that trailer to be honest, uh, and so I replaced it with one that shows way better what's in the asset mm -hmm. and uh, what it can do, and uh, the rhythm is good, uh, but still, like the <laughs> analytics I got after I replaced that trailer were not that different. But I mean, I would not say that was depressing because I still think that trailer is valuable, but. Yeah, that was surprisingly depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I have a question here. Yeah. So you yeah. upload the video to YouTube and then yeah. you publish it on your asset page. So do you get the YouTube yeah. analytics for that video? So you do get... Uh, let, me, let me think. Well, definitely if some... Ah. I think you do get it. Yeah. So if I you can't you you can get ah. your hands on your the video's analytics, you can actually enhance it by quite a lot. Like, you can see when people uh, drop off, yeah. when they, yeah, when they skip yeah. to yeah, true, what true. they want to see. Yeah, true. So, the video is embedded in the uh, asset store page. So, I believe even in those cases, you get them in the analytics of your YouTube account. Yeah. But you have another set of analytics, uh, still Google Analytics, which is associated with the your page, uh -huh. your, your Unity page in the asset store. So Unity provides you an ID of uh, uh, of Google Analytics, and with that ID, you can see people who come to your page and which page they do go to. Mm -hmm. But that is kind of broken. Not exactly. It's not worthless, but. Sometimes you have, you know that you sold X amount and then you see the analytic of people going to the purchase page and the numbers don't match. And it's not like something that, oh, maybe it's late by three days mm -hmm. or something. Like sometimes it's... That is crazy. Match. Like that is the main yeah, yeah, yeah. tool you use to like find out how to sell your valuable asset. Yeah. I mean... You asked me earlier how many downloads I got. I told you I don't know. Uh -huh. For me, it's crazy that you don't have uh, in the analytics, so in the back office of uh, your publisher account, you don't have the number of or what? what you have sold. Bro, that yeah, is yeah, Unity. So, Come on, yeah. Unity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I checked it like quickly before the, the call to know how many of my free assets I was selling. And I saw a download.csv button. That either was not there or I just forgot. Uh -huh. I was like, 
Ah, now you can download the CSV with all the uh, uh, with all the numbers for every month instead of in your uh, Dropbox. Click on the Dropbox. Click on the month. Okay, January thirty dollars. <laughs> okay, February. <laughs> But when I downloaded the file, it was the file for that that month only. So, oh. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, definitely there are some basic things that really are missing. Mm-hmm. But the asset, the back office version two, might solve those issues. I don't know. I haven't tried it. Yeah, let's cross our fingers. Wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have any package ideas for me to uh, pursue? For people to pursue? So I, I thought about one, but it, it should be just, I, I, there will not be a lot of people needing that. Uh-huh. Uh, so I think it's just like for training maybe or something. Uh, so like I said, I, or did I say it? Yeah, I think I said it. I am publishing also my assets on the each.io uh-huh. uh, website uh, store. So, which is way, way better than Unity. <laughs> but unfortunately, most users are on Unity because it's integrated with Unity. Yeah. But, like, I get, like, an, like um, a really, really, really small percentage of my sales is itch.io. Mm-hmm. But when I was publishing in there, I thought, ah, that would be interesting to have, uh, like, an integration of the itch.io back office inside Mm-hmm. Unity editor. So basically, in the editor, you set all the fields needed, and it will connect with your like private key to your uh, Unity uh-huh. back office and itch.io back office, and release the same thing at the same mm-hmm. time instead of doing it like separately. Um, let me think. Uh, one second. Yeah, um, there is also something, you know, you, the, the, the previous idea and this idea are mm-hmm. focused towards publishers because right now I'm not developing a game. I am making assets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the other one was, um, you know, uh, Unity, the version of the API changes. Mm-hmm. But it's not easy enough. When you make an asset, when you make a game, you, you, don't, you only use one version. Uh-huh. API usually, but when you make an asset, you have uh, to make sure that your asset works for people that are using Unity 2020, 2019, yeah. 2018, for example. So it has to be compatible with a lot of versions of the API. And sometimes I try to, I try my best to test everything, but sometimes the change of the API is not in the major version. Like 2018.3 and 2018.2 are different, so you have to test. <laughs> It's time-consuming, and sometimes I don't do that. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be nice to have, like, uh, a tool that's... Uh, because the changes of the API, you can get it from the internet. So, like, it scraps the internet and then checks your code and mm-hmm. gives you a nice, like, green, 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 everything is checked. But then uh, limited usage, I think, limited uh, user base, let's say. Uh-huh. Then at some point I thought about a tree generator, but I saw that Unity has a tree generator, but uh-huh. maybe it's not good enough. Like yeah. a, a procedural tree generator. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe something is uh, doable in there. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's the idea I thought about. Nice, nice ideas. Uh, besides, of course, the idea of my next asset, which I will not <laughs> <laughs> share <it> here. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> that's okay acceptable so yeah it's been real man so we, we talked yeah. about everything oh i have still a lot of things to say yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah i feel you man i can see it in you <laughs> i can see it in you but unfortunately we are running out of time slightly slowly yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. we have to conclude everything so what will be the next step for you as a game developer in your career uh, yeah so right now i'm more in making assets than making games uh-huh. the video game project i spoke about earlier maybe i will go back to it at some point but right now no. uh so like i said with curvy i am not earning enough money to like be comfortable in places i would like to live in mm-hmm. so i am thinking about uh, a new asset and also a paid update for curvy that's also a health subject i would like yeah. i would love to speak about but yeah. so basically i am going to uh, increase my revenue through the asset thing but if that doesn't work i would have to think about something else uh you know of course as a as a programmer and with some experience it's not difficult to have uh, freelance jobs and mm-hmm. stuff but i am giving myself some years to try to reach the dream is for yeah. about passive <laughs> revenue uh which is of course uh the more asset you have the more that hour or two hours of maintenance every day per asset yeah will uh oh sorry my phone is okay i will ask it later the more that will take off your time and the less time you will have to code new assets so that's like even that yeah. ideal idea is not 100 extensible to the infinity let's say but i think you can reach something interesting enough yeah yeah sure i'm sure you can do it man with with the experience you, you have the mentality even the yeah everything is aligned i hope the best for you and thank you for being on the podcast thank you for inviting me it was really nice and yeah it's always a joy to to speak to you and uh so for people who <laughs> were maybe sleeping at some point in the podcast uh toolbody is the name of like my name as a publisher Tool, toolbody.net or toolbody on the asset store and you can see all the assets i have there. Yeah, sure. And if you search Curvy, <laughs> not on Google, but on <laughs> Asset Store, or I, I guess the first time I searched Splines, your asset was the first one, like the number nice, one ranking nice. pop, popping up. Yeah, so you can find and it just, that way. Yeah, sure. Just add an information I think is valuable. Uh, a lot of publishers, they don't uh, earn most of their life from selling the asset. A lot of them, they... Uh, use their asset as a way to get customers for custom work mm-hmm. based on that asset. And that's uh-huh. the main revenue for them. So this is something to keep in mind. Yeah, sure. Thank you, man. That's it. Uh, it was nice. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. This is GDP, the game, the podcast. If you're still listening, well, thank you. Maybe suggest the podcast to your friends for them to enjoy it too and again if you're a game developer and want to be on the podcast feel free to uh, inform me wherever you see the podcast on twitter or anywhere um yeah 
Thank you so much.